computer. This is data. I'm an android. I'm a... basketball? I was processing all of the information. Processing. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball. Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name is Tom Z, joined as always by Tim, aka Cranges McBasketball, for another very special interview with Austin Reeves. We just got off of the Zoom phone with my guy and another awesome interview with him, Tim. Oh, we didn't ask him about tacos. Oh, we had we had a chance to ask him to settle the taco debate, Tom. Oh my goodness. This oh, isn't what man. he wanted me to say, I'm sure, but it was a great interview. We got to ask him about defense and offense and life on the road and and you know, learning from his teammates and all kinds of, like just such a smart dude, so fun to watch and I'm glad we were able to really have some of those discussions with him about areas of his game that maybe aren't as noisy, but are impactful and, and matter. And he like really cares about and is really good at. So that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And enjoy yeah. the interview. He's a professional's professional. I love talking to anybody who's got that self-awareness about what they do well and where they can improve. And the, he's such a mature, you know, what 23, 24 year old that it's so fun to talk to him. He's got a great sense of humor and yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this interview. And we're here once again, joined by Austin Reeves. Austin, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Last time you were with us, you're not a starting shooting guard for the Los Angeles Lakers. You not hit a game winning shot against the Dallas Mavericks. How does it feel to play, you know, almost 60 games at this point with the Lakers and how you feeling, man? I mean, it's, it's a blessing, honestly, um, being undrafted and being in the situation that I am right now is, is just I'm um, blessed in that aspect and feel good. Uh, hopefully here moving forward, we could get some more wins and start building um, as a team moving forward and, and trying to make a run at it. But I mean, for myself, everything's gone. I mean, pretty well other than not winning as many games as we'd like. Yeah, it's definitely frustrating. You've definitely been a highlight of the season. Uh, last time you were here, you talked about golfing is kind of one of your activities you've been able to golf uh, on the road a little bit what's your favorite course you've been i haven't actually uh the new lifestyle i mean you play every other day basically and yeah still trying to get still trying to get used to it but um in the future i'll definitely i'll definitely be taking my clubs on the road and, and hitting the course uh wherever we're at Nice. And I guess speaking of travel, I, I know we caught you. You're at home now and, and for the next few days in terms of what you have been able to see. I mean, like this experience, I'm sure, you know, at in college, you kind of travel around a bit. You see the southeast a bit with the conference you're in, but you're everywhere now. You're U.S., Canada, like East Coast, West Coast. Um, do you have a favorite city that you've been able to visit this season? I know it is, you know, pretty up tempo and you're in and out, but um, any any favorites, any highlights in terms of like cool places you've gotten to see or spots to eat or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, New York's always cool to go to. I don't know if I could ever live there because it's so fast paced, but um, it's it's definitely a place. I mean, everybody needs to go see in Miami as well. Uh, of course, I mean. Got good food down there, and it's just a 
a good lifestyle. But those two places, I would say, are at the top. I mean, but I mean, everywhere has been cool because a lot of these places that uh, we go to, I've never been to. So uh, I've had opportunities to, like I said, go to places that I've never been to. Nice. Yeah, that's cool, man. Is anything about NBA life like surprised you so far? Like literally anything? I guess you're saying like the pace is really fast. Now that that would be the the one uh, that is like it's definitely different. I mean, you know, you know, there's 82 games in a season. Even I mean, as a kid, I knew that, but being in it now is still like damn, it's quick and it it moves by really fast. Like, like you said, we're what 60 games in or something like that. And it definitely doesn't feel like it, but um, you play every other night. So the wear and tear is different. The travel's different, but um, I mean, thinking about it when I was younger, you just think like, Oh, it's basketball. Everything's fun about it, which I mean, it is, but it definitely takes a toll on you for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of how quick it is, like I know Harrison Fagan, who's you know editor over at Silver Screen and Roll, he'll tweet out every time you guys actually practice, and it's like you guys have had like twelve practices this year or something like that, like just insanely low numbers, which is just so different from being in college. We have all that prep time, so because of that, I bet like film room sessions are so much more important, and all those little things that like your teammates can like share with you to help you find those areas to improve and you know game plan as a team I, I bet that's all that more all that much more valuable and thinking back to the last time we had you on you had mentioned that like rondo was someone who was really active in helping provide insight and i mean like he's talked about like wanting to be a gm one day like dude is just so so smart at his peak he was such a good basketball player no he's not with the team anymore but would you say that there was one or I guess can you give us an example or what was the biggest thing that you learned from him in your time together in terms of like an on-court thing I know our audience is they love to hear that like real basketball stuff so so what do you got for us yeah I mean for sure he was he was big in in a lot of aspects for me uh when I came in I literally I was hammering it with questions and I finally went up to him one day and was like dude if you ever get tired of me asking you something just look at me and tell me to shut up like I won't take any offense of it uh if someone asked me as many questions as I'm asking you then I would probably uh, it would probably wear me out but uh no he was super good with it I remember I think it was we played uh San Antonio at San Antonio and the next morning so we flew straight to OKC after that because I think it was a back-to-back uh so we had film at like I don't know 11 or 12 and we got to OKC probably at, I don't know, 11.45, 12, maybe, maybe even later one uh, that night. And first thing that morning, I'd, of course, I see him getting on the elevator going down to film. And he was like, oh, you, want, you watched your minutes last night? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, like, it's like 11.52 in the first half or the first or the second quarter or something, something happened. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was just like the in-depth detail that he knew the time and like what was happening. Uh, but it was just stuff like that. Like it was the attention to detail that he really helped me with. Wow. That's, I mean, that's, that's cool. one way to hold guys accountable. It's not just like, ah, you could have done this better. It was like, here's a Damn. timestamp. Yeah. Go take a look yeah, at that clip sure. again. That's awesome. Sure not. When, he, when he asked, because I mean, he, he, I don't know, he was testing me a little bit, I think, at the same time, huh. too, because when he asked me the, the specific time, like, 
he knows what happened at that time. If, if I didn't know what happened at that time, it doesn't really mean that I watched it. So right. <laughs> um, it was definitely cool. I mean, for someone like him, to, I mean, holding me accountable like that and then wanting the best for me. Was that something you regularly do? Go back and watch all your minutes, go back, watch games over multiple times? Yeah, for sure. I mean, always uh, watch the minutes because uh, they'll break them down and they'll put the whole game on uh, like our iPads and stuff and they'll put the whole game and then your minutes, just your minutes, though, mm-hmm. the, the other times that you're not in the game out. So it's it's very easy to go back and watch, I mean, all your minutes. For sure. Man, yeah, we've seen you take so much punishment, Austin. Um, we just looked it up. You're 10th in the league in charges drawn. Uh, and you're up there with, man, some like really great credited defenders. You know, your Kyle Lowry's, your, uh, your Patrick Beverly's. So I just want to know, like, I'll hold my tongue you, there. How do you take, <laughs> I just had to throw him in there because of that tweet he just said, in case he's listening to our pod, you know, I'm sorry, Pat. Uh, no. <laughs> How do you take so much punch? How do you recover from this? And is it ever make you hesitate to die for a loose ball or maybe think twice about getting dirty? Uh, definitely not. Uh, that's something that I've kind of always had a knack for. Um, but like growing up, uh, there were situations that I was role players and I had to, I mean, do all those dirty things. Like you said, diving on the floor for loose balls, taking charges. Um, so I'm kind of just accustomed to it now. Uh, it's kind of just first nature. If, if I'm there and I'm in position to take the charge, I mean, might as well. It, it gives our team a better opportunity. It gives us an extra extra possession. Um, and the recovery is, I mean, simple. Just honestly <laughs> man up and get, get through it. Uh, is it met some salt or of, something? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I definitely take a lot of ice baths, ice after games. Um see the trainer if anything's hurting but uh at the end of the day just you know man up and and get through it you're you need like young, an man. ice pack endorsement or something yeah like. absolutely <laughs> hey let's let's talk about that off air with his agent so we can get my man the right representation <laughs> we'll talk uh, to him not giving away ideas for free here tim um <laughs> no man i one thing i noticed watching you play defense is so many guys well, will chicken wing elbow you off of them because you're in where they're trying to go. And you're just so goddamn annoying, excuse my language, <laughs> that it's clear over time as you guard these guys possession after possession, they're like, damn, like, give me some space, man. And you draw those little, you know, those little fouls. And to your credit, man, you don't flop. Like, you go flying and I can see yeah. it. It's not a flop. I get hit. I definitely get yeah. hit. Definitely. Do you ever wear a face mask? <laughs> No, actually, last night after the game, after the game, we were sitting there, and you know everybody's bronze us, and uh, everybody's like getting taking a shower and whatever. And out of nowhere, he Bron just asked me, he was like, "You were a mouthpiece." He was like, "Ar, you were a mouthpiece." I was like, "Nah." He was like, "Yeah, you need to get one." <laughs> yeah, like, that that stuff. So I've been. He said, "You're gonna be going to the dentist if you don't get one." So you find a spot. <laughs> that's hey, man, happened to me we, we had to show up at the dentist we had to call them they were closed i got el- i took an elbow to the face playing one game my, my front tooth was facing inwards instead of oh, down what? i was like oh shit like you're in so that much shock crazy. that you like didn't quite feel the pain in the moment but just looking at people look at you and seeing their reaction i was like oh yeah that's the worst i actually have a that 
I can't remember what game it was. I have a huge cut in my mouth right now from, I don't know if it was an elbow or, or what, but it's so annoying every time I try to eat something. <laughs> so it, just, it kills me, but uh, yeah, I, need, I definitely need to get a mouthpiece. That's funny. And so since, since Tom, you know, invoked his name, I, I think Patrick Beverly, I want to just l- lay out how in terms of like on-ball defense, you're very, very good at like staying in front. Tom mentioned you're really good at like drawing those fouls more so just because you're in the right position and guys try to get to their spots and can't and then just have to go that little bit more to, to try to do so and, and it causes that foul. But in terms of like, I don't know, on-ball defense, there's certainly types of guys who are, I'd say they're noisier in terms of how they play it, where they're like in your face, they're picking your pocket. And, and some of them are, you know, really effective. Some of them, they pick pockets, but they get blown by. So big picture, it's, you know, not quite as much there. Beverly's on one end of the spectrum in terms of like, he's picking pockets all the time. We've got stats on it at my website, B-Ball Index, and his pick, pick, pick pocket rating is like the best among all guards. Yours is mm-hmm. quite low and, and like you impact a box score with, the, you know, drawing charges and deflections and stuff like that. But in terms of like stripping dudes on ball, lower there, yet you still grade out as like a top five on ball defender by our metrics. And, and I, you know, it's, it's just a completely different style but is yeah. that something that you've seen? Because like the impact's there, the effectiveness is there. But going into mm-hmm. games, do you notice teams thinking or, or like underrating your ability of being an on-ball defender just because you do it in like a, a quieter kind of way? Yeah, I mean, I think you, I think you basically hit it on the head. Like you, I'm not, I'm not gonna. I mean, jump past the lanes, pick people's pockets, like. It might happen every once in a while, but like to me, if I can just keep, if I well, go ahead, you got a, a an F pickpocket rating and a D minus passing yeah. lane defense rating at our website. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yet, very very good defender, yeah. and we see that in the sure, like, yeah. it, it's just a different style. For sure. I mean, I feel like if I was to do that, like I could get a couple more and like that, but I'm putting myself in a worse situation if I don't get it. Um, and for me, I'm not the most athletic person in the world. Um, so I, I need to really do everything I can, uh, like film wise and then study wise to know like tendencies of players. So, um, I just really try to stay in front. Um, it's not so much, like you said, jumping the lanes, pickpocket, stuff like that, but it's really just, staying in front and really honoring our coverages, um, our coverages if we do them the right way or are effective. So I feel like uh, our defensive schemes are good in that situation. And if I, you know, do those the way that I'm supposed to in that, that moment, then uh, I have a good chance of, of being successful. I mean, we've seen teams try to straight up target you in pick and rolls and switches, and it doesn't go well a lot of times for them. <laughs> and they keep, you see them go back to it like, oh, he got this one. We'll get him this time. And it's just really impressive. How do you balance that use of basketball like you film tendencies with not being too aggressive and staying in that discipline zone? Is it just like it's feeling in the moment? Yeah. Does it sure. bother I mean, you? Like, does it bother you or do you invite teams coming at you? Because I know the, the Clippers two times ago, they mentioned it. They're like, we're going to go at this guy. 
went back, looked at the film. They didn't do all that well. And this is a team in general that isolates a ton and they're one of the least effective ISO teams. It didn't work against you, but like, does that bother you? Are you, are you like, all right, that's your mistake, you know, go for it. Nah, honestly, because I mean, it doesn't bother me because the numbers, I would say, I don't know the numbers because I'm not a huge numbers guy, but I would say they go in our favor when, I mean, teams just go to a straight ISO against me. Um, yeah, some teams, I mean, every now and then, it's the NBA, everybody's going to have success at some point isolating anybody. Like, mm-hmm. You could think of the you could think of the best defenders to ever play the game. They get scored on, um, and I'm not putting myself in that, that category. I think it's frustrating for offensive players because they see me, they see my build, they see um, that I'm not the most athletic person in the world. But I think it frustrates them that I stay in front. Um, so I think that that's an aspect of like kind of uh, like a frustration level that they're like, oh, like. I get it. I'll get it next time. I get it. And they kind of mm-hmm. keep going back to it, keep going back to it, but it don't bother me at all. Uh, I mean, I, I like, I mean, that's one of my jobs on this team is to play defense and compete on that. end. So that's, that's what I do. And, and what's the trash talking situation like in those scenarios? Are you, are you dishing it out? Are you generally taking it? What is, what does that look like as a rookie? Uh, I usually don't say anything until someone says something to me. Uh, I, I I play in silence, uh, but I mean, every now and then people, you know, get a bucket and, and start feeling themselves. So I just say something. <laughs> uh, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it's it's part of the game. I've I definitely have talked trash in my days of playing, so I I get it. It's, I, I like it. Uh, it's it's a fun part of the game that I think everybody blows out of proportion. Uh, you know, even in the aspect of, of getting texts and stuff like that. Like mm. you can even, you can even, you can even know, like know somebody and like actually be friends with them. And like, you know, and you have that competitive edge where you're just, I mean, talking shit throughout the game and yeah. let's take it the a wrong way uh, sometimes. And I get it that they're trying to keep the game and, um, and under control, but uh, I like that part of the game. Fans do too. It's kind of that soap opera element of it where that guy doesn't mm-hmm. like that guy and you could see why. And you know, it's fine. Yeah. It is. It's Me it's too. part of hoop. Um, but one thing, man, is that people underestimate you. You can use that as a competitive advantage. And I love that. And eventually, you know, they'll stop, but allow them to underestimate you as long as they would like, because it's not gonna go well for, for sure. them. For uh, sure. I'm I'm out there with you. Hey, so I wanted to ask because this is something I've been thinking about just because I have no idea what it's like to be a basketball player. You mentioned the grueling schedule, you know, games every other day, back to backs, being on the road. How do you approach trying to expand your skill set when you got so much going on? And is there anything that you focused on during this season um, in particular? Yeah, I mean, every I mean, every day you're in the gym, uh, you're. I mean, getting some type of, of gym time in if it's just catching shoots off off uh, like days after game or or just doing skill work. Um, and then honestly, even even the weight room, I've, I've I lift still during the season just to try to I mean maintain and get a little bit stronger throughout the season because I mean it's it's just gonna help me uh, in the long run. But I mean for me. Um, right now on this team, uh, haven't shot the ball great as of late. Um, so that's one thing that I've really 
um, dove into is becoming one of the best uh, catch and shoot shooters that I can be. Uh, so really just uh, getting in the gym. I mean, multiple times I'm about to go back after we get off the phone and, you know, just get up a lot of shots off catch and shoot. So in situations and games, because uh, that's where I'm used at most um, and in the offense, uh, then I'll be ready and be able to knock down more of those uh, opportunities. Yeah, Kenny Bays just texted you, uh, chop wood, carry water. I just saw the <laughs> notification. Um, so you got you to gotta follow those, those vets, man, their advice. That's my guy, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, one thing that um, – and, and a couple of these questions we got from our, like – internal discord community people who you know will we'll chop it up and chat and and we have that private chat so it's not like on twitter so like celtics fans can just try to like go dunk on you and, and shit like that <laughs> we solicited some questions from them and and one was they were curious if you have any pre-game rituals that you do before every game um no not no not really um I'm not a superstitious guy. I mean, I think everybody in basketball has a, a routine of like workout wise they do before the games. Um, I work out with Phil an hour before the game. I actually lift a little bit before I go out and shoot with Phil. And that would, that's the extent of, of my ritual. Um, you know, just getting ready in that aspect and, and getting loose there. Do you have a specific, uh, do you, do you, I, I haven't seen, do you like listen to any specific music? I know some guys just listen to the arena. Other guys have like beats on or something. Do you have a, a playlist you like to go to? It's whatever Dwight has on. Cause he carries around. It's on max volume. So I don't care if you have, you have headphones in, if you're trying to listen to something, you're hearing his music anyway. So I gave up. Oh. Tossed my headphones in the locker and I just I listen to whatever Dwight's playing. What's oh, Dwight man. listening to these days? He's got some jazz on. Yeah. So what, what's he got? Jazz. What's he got? Everything, anything you can think of, he listens to. Anything. That's funny. That's good. And this so you just reminded me. I meant to ask. This is kind of pregame ritual. I noticed that you hoop a lot in Kyrie's, and I just wanted to ask if that was kind of your your number one shoe right now, if there's other shoes that you've in the past really enjoyed hooping in? I'm, I'm not a big shoe guy. So, I mean, this whole summer I worked out in Kyrie's and, yeah. and I got a couple of at the, at the gym. Um, so that's really, I mean, what I put on and wear uh, just cause they're comfortable, comfortable. And yeah. I mean, that's really what I've been wearing. Uh, but I mean, in the past, I've, I mean, I've hooped in basically everything, KDs, Kobe's, uh, bronze when I was probably eighth, ninth grade, um, really anything Nike, uh, when I was growing up, that's, that's basically all I wore. Yeah, no, I'm tearing up these Santa Monica pickup courts in my Sue Bird <laughs> colorway Kyrie's. There you go. <laughs> so I'm with you. They're very comfortable. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, okay, a little bit more on the court stuff where I wanted to ask, like, we have seen you get more of a role and earn this role on this team. And I'm just curious, we've seen more on-ball creation and playmaking from you. So is that something that you're just kind of settled into naturally? Or is that something that uh, coaches have come or just the whole team has kind of implored you or, or asked you to do more of? I think it's a mixture of both. Uh, I've always felt comfortable uh, making plays for others. Uh, I mean, that was my first position, started playing basketball as point guard. So I feel comfortable in that aspect. And I think the comfort of me, I mean, getting all these games under my belt has, I mean, let me be able to, you know, explore that a little bit more as well. Um, And then, I mean, teammates and coaches really just, coming to me and just telling me to, to play basketball the right way. Um, they, they see the IQ that I have for the game. So they, they're not telling me, you know, do this, do this, do this. It's, it's basically um, be yourself, uh, do whatever you think um, is right. And we'll live with it. Nice. And, uh, I guess speaking more to your defense again, w- one thing I was interested on your perspective for is uh, I know uh, Chris Paul was recently on JJ Reddick's podcast a, c- a couple weeks ago. And, and one thing that he mentioned was they were talking about the rip through foul and how they're just, I guess, some certain like the default guard positioning or the technique they teach guys for like downing or icing or blue or whatever term you want to use on sideball screens often puts those guards in position to be vulnerable for that rip through since joining the league, have there been any, uh, I don't know, any, any tweaks you've had to make from a technique standpoint where it's just like, Oh shoot, these guys play like different, like this is a different brand of basketball. These guys draw fouls in craftier ways that I'm not used to. So I can't put my hand this way or I can't stand this way. Or are there any, I don't know. Have you had to reevaluate the way you play defense since game one? Yeah. And it's, is, I mean, Chris Paul does it. He, he's one of, the best at doing that. one of the best at doing that. I mean, when they're in the bonus, doing that rip through, getting the free throw line, and then just two points is automatic. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's that it's the the offensive 
player just trying to get to the line. Like I feel like there's sometimes, I mean, these, these guys, um, literally go to get contact is, is not even, they're going to get a layup. They're going, I mean, the low sweep, they like to rip through when you're down on ball screens with people in the bonus. Like, uh, those things make you play the, I mean, play defense differently because, I mean, you don't want to put, uh, guys at the free throw line. Usually it's just the best players that are, uh, doing these types of things. So that's, I mean, they're usually really good free throw shooters. So that's two points that you, I mean, can't give up. So, uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta figure out other ways to, uh, guard those things, the, the load, uh, rip through the, um, just all the, all the stuff that like James Harden does, like Jimmy Butler does. Those, those, I mean, even uh-huh. Luca last night, he he got me one time with the low pickup, and I I was in the gap, and I I stunted and reached, and I mean, I fouled the shit out of him, but just, I was like, yeah, yep. yeah, was that right there? I mean, and, I mean, I fouled him, and everybody started yelling at me like, no, nah, don't do that. So <laughs> it's just those things like you gotta you gotta think about that uh, during the game. You can't just, I mean worry about you know being in the gap you gotta you gotta worry about not fouling in those situations mm-hmm. hey man you're that was a very diplomatic answer if you ever want to complain about referees without getting fined <laughs> dm me and i will verbatim post that he threw out like half a dozen player names though i will note <laughs> yes, <laughs> he called out the right yes. guys of course we this all know the same stuff it's yeah, you know it's it, part it, of the it, game it, as long it, as the officiating it, is it, that it, way it's, it's part of the game that's what I'm saying. At the end of the day, I'm I'm not mad at him because yeah. I, I would be one of the, if I did it. I'd be one of the same call too. It's an art, like you said. I mean, if you can figure out a way to get to the free throw line, why not? It's the it's the highest percentage shot in the game. Absolutely, absolutely. So I I kind of want to I want to ask it about a couple specific moments and throughout this season that just kind of stood out to me. I was hoping we would get you back on the pod. These are just random. Okay, so the first one I have. Just there was a, a game right against the Knicks at home where Julius Randle almost oh. killed you, bro. <laughs> I don't know if any other Laker fan caught it, but I caught it and rewound it so many times. Obviously, as a yeah. Laker fan, I know that man is a train. And bro, just just react. It's the reaction to you getting screamed by Julius Randle. <laughs> Man, I and the crazy thing is, is, someone told me it was legal, and I was like, "There's no way." <laughs> he almost killed me. Like he literally, like I, I, I was, I was done for. I, I usually I get hit, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, whatever." Like, man up. But that one, I was like, "No, nah, I got, I got to take a second. <laughs> he got you on one of those, and anyone who's hooped in any kind of organized way that's really competitive knows where your head's completely turned, but you're turning that curl with your body, yep. and he gets you like completely blindsided. And I do think it was a legal screen. He's just a <laughs> fucking brick wall. So I'm yeah. sorry, I thought it was funny, bro. But you know, welcome <laughs> to the league moment, right? Yeah, for sure. No, he he got me with one. Um Steven Adams got me with one oh. where I think I was guarding the jaw and I was supposed to ice one, send it down. And jaw, I mean, he's one of the fastest humans in the world and he got middle. And so I turned the sprint middle. And as soon as I turned, Steven Adams was right there. And I, my jaw, my jaw was hurt for like two months. <laughs> yeah, he got me. Okay. All right. That's, that's funny. All right. 
I gotta bring up the uh, the Dallas game winner. I mean, I'm sure you've talked about it already, but like, what's it like, man, to have these Laker legends, you know, spraying you with with water and just hyping you up after a shot to win the game like that? How did that feel? Uh, I mean, amazing. Uh, the the best part of it was we won, uh, and on top of that, I mean, in the game winner, um, I mean, that, that tops it all. Uh, to do it with, I think at the time it was it was me, Bron, Russ, AD, and was it Wayne on the hey, court? Wayne, yeah. So, I mean, if you combine all the years in NBA, it's fifty probably. I mean, who knows? I mean, but I mean, for me to be the lone rookie undrafted, like I said, um, it's the cherry on the top. Uh, and then after the game, the way they reacted, what they did in the locker room was just special. Uh, something I'll never forget. Yeah, man. It gave me chills to watch it. It was so, so awesome to see. Um, And it's one of those things at the end of the game where you get the best shot playing the basketball, playing the right way. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's poetry when it happens out like that. Um, And last moment, again, would be remiss if I didn't bring up the moment you became a meme. Like for real, <laughs> the ESPN's playing you reacting to LeBron telling you eight different things. Obviously, I'm not going to ask you what LeBron said. I just want to know, did it look like Bron? It looks like to us, Bron's like this, 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 and then this, and then if this, 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 <laughs> and then this, and then you're just like, yeah, yeah, all right. Okay. I mean, if you're willing to share what he did say, we'll take that too. <laughs> I, I am curious what he shared, if you're willing to share that. It was, it was basically... Uh, Coach drew up a play, and I think the game was basically already over. Like, we were up, I think, 15 or something at that time, and like a minute, 45 left. So, I don't think everybody was fully locked in. And Coach drew up a play, and as I'm walking on the court, I was like, I thought I knew what I was doing, so I asked Coach, what like again like I was like am I just because I thought I was just standing on the corner just doing nothing and I think Bron thought I was doing something else and I was just completely confused so he's he's explaining the play we're about to run and I just asked coach what I was doing and he said basically nothing and then Bron's got me running all over the court so I was like, all right, whatever. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm going to just inbound the ball. I'm going to go stand over here. Man, and shouts to Jack Perkins at Pure Hoop on Twitter. Drew that little uh, that little comic, like, graphic strip that I saw as, like, your IG profile. So yeah. shouts to him. That's amazing For work. Sure. Just a, a hilarious For moment. Sure. For sure. No, it definitely wasn't. I, I definitely didn't know what I did in the moment. <laughs> Like I pick up my phone after a game and like literally my it, my phone will not stop buzzing. And I'm like, what like what the hell's going on? And I literally open up Instagram and my first ten pictures was that picture. And I'm like, oh <laughs> wow. You leaned into it though. Credit credit you for did. that. Like you embraced it. I think it you uh, know, grow the to. presence a bit. Yeah, for sure. You have to. I mean it's at the end of the day, it's just it's, it's a joke. It's a funny game. So I thought it was funny. It's like, imagine if everyone listening to this podcast had a f- camera on you all times at work, like how much weird kind of 
out of context shit would happen. They would they would see that face probably one time a day. <laughs> Most definitely. You did it once Most on this, this recording. You did you yeah, did it like twenty I, minutes I, ago. I, I forgot what we were talking about. I, I do it all the time. I do it all the time. Oh, it's too funny, man. All right, Tim. Sorry I've taken up all the time. I just had to hit a couple moments real quick. No, no, that's okay. Um, I, one thing I did want to ask you about was, so defensive roles. Um, this is something that, I mean, there's, I don't know, a general basketball vernacular and, and that basketball index, we use some data to help quantify who's doing what. So you've got like the point of attack defender, yeah. like guarding you know the point guard generally you've got a chaser who's more of an off ball guard defender like chasing staff for clay or whoever around screens we've got a wing stopper role so again like on ball but more against scoring wings we've got uh like an anchor big so like your rudy gobert's drop coverage guys we have uh mobile bigs who are more maybe like i don't know draymond or ad who like playing center but switching Mm -hmm. playing aggressive you know hedges stuff like that and then uh, what else do we have? Oh, we have helper, which is like an off ball. Sometimes teams hide bad defenders there. They're just like, go stand in the corner, like guard who's not good. Or like yeah. Braun's really good at it. It's, you know, less guarding tough assignments and more, you know, putting out fires as they happen by rotating. Like a floor general too. Exactly. Exactly. And, yeah. it, and it's hard to quantify like, you know, the communication element of it. But we see, you know, mm-hmm. those guys helping a bunch. And, and, you know, quantify yeah. it that way. And then uh, perimeter big is the last one we have, which is, you know, go guard a stretch big out in the corner. And then you're responsible for, like, defending, you know, the 3v2s weak side or 2v1s or, or what have you, mm-hmm. a secondary, you know, rim yeah. protector. So those are the seven roles we have. The three that you have been uh, calculated as at different points in the season have been, I think you started out as a wing stopper. Uh, which, you know, you know, go, go, go guard Kevin Durant, go guard some of these bigger dudes. Uh, at one point you were a chaser, which, you know, again, like running around screens, um, you know, which you're, you're good at. You're not uh, like, I wouldn't say you're like elite at that, but you're, you know, pretty good at that. And then more recently you've been a point of attack defender. So again, on ball, but guarding more guard sized guys. And, and that is where we have you grading out as the best fit, the best skill set. Um, what is your take on how that role has evolved? And like, do you have a preference for which of those kinds of assignments you like to do? Uh, I don't. Uh, my, I would, well, I would say my least favorite is guarding people that just run around. Like, <laughs> okay. This is annoying. Like, chill for a second. But, uh, <laughs> Duncan I mean, Robinson. Or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. He's one. I mean, of course, Steph played like they—they never stop. Um, I, but I mean, I think all three I can be very solid in. Um, like you said, I'm not gonna say I'm great at any of them. Uh, I feel like I—I I mean, I guard the the ball at point of attack. I mean, better than a lot of people would think I do. Um, but I mean, I don't really have a preference. Uh, I believe that if you just played fundamental sound defense and be the right place at the right time in all three of those or all seven of those honestly then um you'll be more successful than not Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, if you're an anchor big anytime soon, something's gone very, very wrong. But um, <laughs> I, I agree. Like you do, I think you do a really good job, like rotating and helping, and the like. You're, you're just good in a lot of areas. I would say, like by our data, like you are elite at that on-ball defense. Um, and as you get more starter minutes, we'll see your your matchup difficulty in terms of like how hard those assignments are will go up. Right now, I think it's like a B. Um, once that goes up, you know, we'll see how you do tested with some of those elite matchups, but like, I mean, credit to you, man, you've, you've been really good this year in all of like the defensive impact metrics that use like tracking data or basically don't hold you down because you don't, you don't pick dudes pockets. You grid out really well. Like we have one that we use in consulting with agents and, you know, getting dudes contracts, you're a top 10 guard defensively in that metric. And it's, you know, just a testament to, that all around approach that, that you mentioned taking and, you know, just like want to give you a big thumbs up. I like y'all's data. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, man. Like I, I, part of why I do this pod with Tim is because I'm very much believe in the data, but I also very much believe in, they call it the eye test. Right. But I call it basketball sure. effort is obvious. Um, basketball IQ, if you know what you're looking for, is obvious. And so it's, it's again, been really fun to watch you grow this season. And I've seen you make, you know, less rookie mistakes on the D end as far as, you know, me, I, I call them rookie mistakes because, like, do you make the same mistake two times in a row? Does this guy do the same thing to you multiple times? And what's the adjustment? Where are you coming from? How are you changing to get a better outcome? So, that's the things I look for and you have it, man. It's, it's great to watch you. And yeah, we could, we could talk about how great you are for the rest of this pod, but I just want to say like, you're one of the best players to watch this season on this team, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. So I guess talking about some, not as, not as good data. Um, do you play 2k at all? No. Okay. I can't play it anymore. It's I, I was averaging like a hundred points in the paint a game. It's like this game's broken. The defense. I, once you understand yeah. the defensive rotations and how to beat them yeah. with sets, it's like I can't play this anymore. Um, yeah, do you know I how they have you? I never got ahead. to the point where I could run sets or anything, and it it never passed the ball where I wanted it to go. So I <laughs> right. We've all been there. I will say. I will say the last time. One of the last times I played, it was it was like my sophomore year and I've I mean I've played a couple times throughout the years just messing around but seriously I I had I think it was when Kyrie was in Boston or something and I was playing one of my roommates and uh I was down one with like 13 seconds left and I like between cross went baseline on the right side all I mean it's Kyrie all all he had to do was shoot a left-hand layup on the right side like that's it he shoots a right hand layup into the back of the backboard. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yep. And I lose. And I was just, like, I was like, from then on out, like, I'm like, no, nah, I'm not even, I'm not doing this game. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, you don't want to compare it to. It's like, so I play guitar and back when Guitar Hero was a thing. It's like, this fucking game's harder than guitar. This is fucking yeah. stupid. <laughs> like, it, it's like, I, I like yeah. a challenge. Yeah. Like, I like playing games that are hard, but when you're mm-hmm. failing for the wrong reasons, like for dumb stuff, and, and then it's like you're able to kind of cheat the game with cheesy things on the other end. Like that's just not. I don't know. We don't. We don't have to trash 2K the whole time. But it's the glitches too, like the animation, yeah. like those. No, I mean it's mm-hmm. not basketball. It is. Okay. I mean, it's very impressive the way that. I mean, it's 
it is realistic, but it's not at the same time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For I mean, it accomplishes its goal. I think for the most part, and for sure. the general public, it's, it's you know, it's it's the best there is. But I, I think the more and more you learn about the game, the more you're like, oh no, that's not quite right. It's you know, this is super yeah. impressive. It's way better than it used to be. But like, ah, like that's gonna bug me. Um, yeah. Your let's see, what is your two K rating? 74. You are a a seventy four. You just got a plus one bump. Oh, you, you're moving up, yeah. moving up in the world. Appreciate it, Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I guess, I mean, you may not know what those ratings are, but I, I'll just list some of them off. They've got 77 for athleticism, which they have in like the yellow color. So, yeah, like kind of average, which I, I don't know if you're going to argue that one. Um, <laughs> but like 73 perimeter defense, that's got to go up. Yeah. Um, like help defensive IQ 73. Come on. Come on. Um, He's just looking at me. He's just looking at you. That's right. He's seeing that. A casual. A casual. (laughs) 2K casual. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Is, I guess, is there a specific area in your game that you think should be like your top skill in 2K? If you had to like boil it down to like one thing. If it was right now, I would say defense. Okay. Like, me being, I mean, for what I do for our team and what I'm able, like, what I show for our team right now, like, I would say it's defense. I yeah, they don't that. have a they don't have a hittable face category. <laughs> <laughs> you know, durability. Your durability is pretty high. Um, there you go. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll you know we'll keep at in two K and see if they'll change things. We. Uh, we we talked to them a little bit about using our data and and they couldn't meet the price we wanted, but we'll we'll see if we can improve this. Flex on them, Tim. (laughs) Too cheap. (laughs) Um, They need to meet it then because I like y'all's data. There you go. (laughs) I appreciate that. Tom, do you have any more questions? I think we've run through everything we prepared. No, man, I could talk to you for hours, but you've been so nice giving us your time and uh, we really appreciate you and Laker fans, you know, Lakers Twitter. It's It has been a rough season. We are invested. You know how loyal this fan base is. And I have no no doubt saying that you are the best thing to watch this season. And it's it's been rough, you know, we've seen you ups and your downs and but you're starting right now man you're killing it and thank you so much for joining us no yeah i appreciate y'all having me all right austin well awesome. we'll talk to you soon hopefully and uh let's get at these next 20 or so games man good luck appreciate y'all all right man take it Thanks, easy man. buddy this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.